Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. And we are live. Oh, sprung that one upon me. I know. I um, got the number wrong last time. It's 144. Now it's 145. This is 145. I can't believe 145 episodes. That's nearly three years. It's pretty crazy, though. It'd be three years come, what, like May, June? About that, yeah. Yeah, because I know we pumped a load out uh, like a couple we of did. weeks the first month. So, yeah. Mate, I did more than a couple in a week. <laughs> I... Oh. Yeah, I, I noticed this the other day. I think I was sharing the podcast with someone I'd asked to listen to it. And I'd gone into iTunes and it said, like, No Nonsense Nutrition. Then it had, the, like, the the years, like, 2017 to 2020, as in how long we've been doing it for. I was like, bloody hell. That's cool. Yeah, because cool. yeah. you get so, well, there's so many podcasts out there now, isn't there? But not many of them, I bet, run for three or four years. No. Mm-hmm. I think, like, a lot of this type of stuff, the good ones are the ones that have just been going around forever. Yeah, like us, so we must be a good one. Or stupid. Yeah, well, I just mean like in terms of, yes, there are some people that, like any any type of content really, but especially social media content. Not that a podcast is social media content, that's not what I was saying. But um, I was just kind of saying like social media content especially, there is no magic formula for like going viral. But every now and then something just blows up for no reason. You know, like just yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I think yeah. like... Some podcasts are obviously like that. They're just people are popular and they've got big audiences and obviously they get good. Um, but I think for the rest of us, it's generally just the ones that are working the hardest and going the longest. Yeah, just keep plugging away. Pick yeah. up new viewers, lose the odd one here and there. But, you know, everybody's at different stages in their journey, I suppose, as well. Some people hit their goals. Some people kind of get to the point where they're like, oh, I kind of don't care about that anymore. And, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. We, we have been incredibly consistent, though. I think a lot of people might miss or just kind of switch off from a particular podcast if the people aren't consistent. Because I guess, like, if you're used to, oh, my Monday listen is this, and then one Monday you don't have it, you just move to something else, and then you then mm-hmm. may never go back. Yeah, definitely, yeah. There's There's been a few podcasts that I used to listen to ages ago, and then I kind of, like, just... I stopped listening to podcasts for a while just because I didn't really have the not the time but i just kind of was listening to other things and stuff um i kind of got into music a bit more again and started listening to a lot more music um but i've more recently started listening to podcasts again and so i was going back to some of the ones that i used to listen to and they've kind of changed a lot they've changed the formula and the format and some of the guests that like not the guests the hosts have changed so i can't it doesn't really like interest me as much anymore yeah. um so i don't really listen to those but then i picked up on a couple of others um so like, uh, there's a whole kind of media outlet type thing called Advices Radio, and it's all to do with bodybuilding and muscle and nutrition and drugs and stuff like that, like uh, steroid drugs, not um, like cocaine and speed. <laughs> um, and they have different, it's, it's all underneath Advices Radio, but they have different kind of, they put out, must put out about five podcasts a week, all of them underneath a different title. So they have the All About Gear, which is all about gear. Um, and then they have like a just bodybuilding one where they interview different professional bodybuilders, past and present. Um, and then they have one with Scott Stevenson and the, the host Scott McNally. Um, and they talk about, but that's like a listener questions and they just talk about like whatever the questions are. Uh, and, but Stock, Scott Stevenson is like, he's a bit like a, an American JP, um, kind of been there, done that, 
cotton t-shirt sort of thing very yeah. intelligent um so i quite like some of those um because they're just a bit different um and yeah and kind of really give that bodybuilding um take on things without it being like i lift weights and, and that you know that's, that's all they know how to do yeah. um so but yeah and there are quite a few stops and you just kind of think why because they were they were really popular, and they tell you how many listeners they got. They got like tens of thousands of listeners, but they're just like, nah, I can't be asked to do it well, anymore. You know? I, yeah, I think obviously it becomes like we, like a lot of people or most people, you do this for free. You actually pay to host and all this sort of stuff. So it's not yeah, like, yeah. M- most people's don't actually generate an income other or outside of referrals and stuff, do they? So it does it does sometimes make you get to a point where the input required makes it feel like oh, it's quite a it's quite an investment in time and potentially some money to do, especially when you get to a point where you can only talk about so much. I know the industry evolves, but you know, the ongoing joke I've said enough fucking times, there's nothing really ever new in the fitness industry. Like there's no fucking new ideas in the fitness industry. Um, and I'm not actually talking about stealing content there. We are talking about just generally stuff to find, to talk about. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, 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 sometimes struggle don't we weeks to come up with stuff and oh god yeah yeah but we always come up with something slightly different even if it's just you know similar information that we put out there before slightly rehashed in a different take yeah yeah well how dare you think we rehash stuff no we don't do it that much to be fair but the odd time we've kind of gone well okay let's go over that but explore this take on it instead of that um but at the same time though how many people have listened to all 145 episodes no, I wouldn't no. say there's. Well, no, not, maybe yeah. no. Mel fudge. <laughs> maybe just Jack and Mel. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like you know, some people might come into us at episode 100, and you kind of then think, well, do we do we redo a lot of the stuff from the early days, even though it'd be exactly the same message? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know. This is your podcast as much as ours. That um, is great. I got a lovely message actually today off. Um a fellow instagram buddy um her handle is the flying something um oh, i just feel rude now for not um the flying food coach um and her actual name i think is amy if i remember um let me just try and find it amy is oh, this on, on, Inst- or? on instagram no my per- my personal one amy oh. amy ram said i got a lovely message today saying that she listens she enjoys our content so that's very nice so shout out Good. to amy um we had a nice little conversation ironically so we've had this topic in line what over a week 10 days maybe yeah 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 because we were supposed to record it last week never did so. never did yeah so um, obviously this has been in, in the topic we're going to cover today if i can speak is um obviously or has been in the pipeline for a little while however um i did do a client update earlier uh, for one of my clients amanda shout out amanda she's doing amazing um she is an amazing person so that'd be why but um some of the stuff that we've been kind of talking about with her specifically is using a, like a more qualitative approach rather than quantitative. So very much like behavioral stuff. We've done loads of things previously, been worked together for over a year, but we've done stuff around macros and just learning about nutrition and those types of things. But obviously it gets to a point where people want to start to fit into normality. However, also use their new skills. So that's the, the kind of qualitative approach that we've been taking. That's a really hard word to say, qualitative qualitative um it's easy to spell though because you like really have to pronunciate the whole word yes um so um yeah so i i i had basically um just did a little shout out on my instagram story about kind of what we've been doing as of late in terms of some of the things been working on and it was around feeling normal and getting into a 
normal lifestyle for kind of like just everyday living and not necessarily so obviously encompassing or incorporating rather than and i nearly mixed two words up then uh just usual stuff around like calorie balance energy balance mindful eating as well or um not not intuitive eating but kind of mindfulness and just kind of bringing a lot of stuff all together to allow her to get to a place where she can feel like she's normal and i know it sounds really odd or maybe a little bit harsh to say oh like how do you not feel normal but it's not really normal to go out and try and track your calories while you're eating out or it's not really normal to go to the gym twice a day obsess about hitting thirty thousand steps um and a lot of the stuff that basically people have to do when they're trying to lose weight um certainly if you're in kind of like competitive sports or or kind of like bodybuilding and physique shows and stuff some of that stuff gets really abnormal so i guess what i'm trying to say is i shout out for some of the progress we're making and um Amy basically just sent me a message saying how she like she basically said, "Oh, it's brilliant." And obviously, that that's how coaches. Cause I think she's a coach herself, so that's kind of like the she just like I liked the idea and said that's what a lot of coaches don't do very well. And I'm not trying to blame my own trumpet because I'm not. What I'm saying is, I guess like we all know, there's a lot of macro coaches that just throw out numbers and calories and just say go hit them. Don't actually support them. Don't give them much kind of ongoing advice, and then really don't have an exit plan whatsoever in terms of how to get that person back to normality. So to feel normal in a normal setting again. Yeah, yeah. Because I think a lot of what we do is it's short term, even if that short term is a couple of years. And then what are you going to do for the next like 50 years of your life? You can't be counting macros every day. Some people might, but um, yeah, it's, you know, it, it becomes less intrusive and it just becomes a part of your normal day. And I mean, let's face it, Brett, you're probably going to be that guy. Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was probably going to. I am. I, I have a four-year four streak on my fitness pal. Come on, <laughs> you'll be there, like coaching your great grandkids how to use my fitness pal. Back in my day, yeah. Yeah. although <laughs> I did. I, I'm friends with Steve Hall on my fitness pal, and I noticed the other day he's come up with like a seven-year anniversary. Oh really? That's seven cute. years. That is cute, yeah. isn't it? No, not as in our friends. I mean, as in he yeah, has no, logged no, in no, for no, seven no, years yeah. straight. Yeah. Wow, but you know some people are like that. But then there'll become a point then when bodybuilding is no longer his his aim or his goal, and he just kind of wants to just train to enjoy it. Will he carry on tracking? Probably not. Um, So yeah, it comes it becomes a point with everybody, doesn't it? So I mean, um, I I guess if if we're going to defend Steve, he very much is immersed himself in bodybuilding and the bodybuilding genre completely so obviously he competes he wants to be competitive so therefore he's kind of doing things like you say is he going to do that forever probably not and will his then attitude or his you know actions change probably so yeah definitely yeah yeah and everybody kind of has their period doesn't it whether it's six months whether it's six years whether it's 15 years you know everybody's gonna have a different period aren't they and some people find it really hard to switch off some people like say don't have an exit plan um and i think a lot of the time it's not something you particularly plan um really especially like so i know like i've had a consultation with a new client this morning working at 9 a.m on a sunday that's uh, devoted um <laughs> and um yeah you know we talk about the the, the plan of what we're going to do over the next x many you know however long it takes um but you're not talking then about that rehabilitation side of things on the other side of it and how can you stop the um how can you stop the rebounds how can you stop the regressing and all that sort of stuff yeah, it's, uh, it's just about having a plan to transition into what some would consider more normal 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. We're, and, we're, and, and a plan to go on on your own as well, like when you stop coaching. Um, that's what I mean. To have that plan. Yeah, so whether they want to continue or not. Like some people, you know, like I've um, – one of my clients, she's – that their whole house is self-employed and because of the current state at the moment they've had a lot of work cancelled so they need to tighten the belt so um she sort of said can we pause the coaching just until we get back on track um and it's a case of right okay well let's give you a plan then to so you can continue your progress um whilst you're kind of you don't have the accountability of me and working alongside me but you know it's not as if you know she had any questions of course i'd be answering them and supporting and stuff but um yeah you, you still need to give them that plan instead of just going yeah continue because they probably won't no no well or you don't want to also just go as from a service perspective just go okay see you then do what you want and i'll see you in however long when you want to come back again yeah exactly yeah 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 whereas if you kind of give yeah give that that exit strategy or that kind of bridging strategy then um it it helps a lot i i'm a bit disappointed because this was a very good natural segue into the actual topic um However, I do want to just catch up quickly, so I'm going to kind of take it away and then try and come back, which is a bit annoying because it was generally quite a good segue into what we're going to talk about today. But never mind. So, Ed, how are things? Um, so, on on the assumption, I would like to particularly ask about um, your current nutritional protocol and your progress towards Jonathan's wedding, should it happen, given given uh, yeah. given, given the current happen? state yeah. of um, the yeah, yeah. well, pandemic. yeah, this is the this is the thing. Am I wasting precious diet time? Um, for uh, for a wedding that's not going to happen. Um, I, I the wedding said, gets cancelled. We might just go anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I said this. No, not say the wedding, but you might not be able to fly. There might even be an airline. I don't know. But that's, I, that's I said to, I said to Ben this morning um, when we were training. I said, ironically, what could happen here is I could end up getting shredded as fuck, and then being like, well, there's no actual holiday to go on. So, um, but I did say to him, well, at least it right means it it gives me I don't know x amount of pounds to just bolt back into again. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, three years of bulking. Yeah, yeah. After the last mega bulk. Um, Okay, so in terms of dieting, uh, so I didn't have any scales for a long time. So um, I've dropped a kilo in the last sort of week and a half. um, You're talking bathroom scales. Yeah, before that. You're talking bathroom scales, not food scales. Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 I didn't have any food scales either. Um. But uh, so I was having to <laughs> use my eye a little bit. But I was tracking my calories. I was using my Fitness Pal. Um. I had a rough number of about two thousand calories. Macros were kind of a bit, you know, um, flexible within that. I was trying to hit um about one fifty, one sixty of protein. Just I'm not training a lot at the moment, so you know the fact that I wasn't having a higher, which I have had in the past, uh, it wasn't a huge, huge. Um, it, like it, it wasn't kind of like a, the top ranking thing, uh, like it might have been before uh, in my priorities. So just calories, um, and yeah, just staying active and, and such. Trying to make myself do about eight thousand steps a day, um, which might sound quite low to some people, but I pretty much have an office job. I work from home quite a few days a week, so my movement is like not a lot at all. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so but it gives me somewhere to go then, um, especially as I've still got you know however many weeks to go. Uh, what's it like six weeks? So and then I can increase that. I can increase more exercise and stuff as well. So um, so yeah. So in the last sort of ten ten or so days, I dropped about a kilo. Um, before that, I don't know where my starting point was. So I I have no idea. Uh, I reckon I was probably around the eighty three mark, and I'm down to uh low 81 at the moment so um yeah i've had a little refeed this weekend just because i'd sort of had a, had a pretty good sort of four or so weeks um and i was starting to really 
starting starting to feel it uh, this last this last few days. So um, I thought, right, okay, we'll have a little refeed, then we'll go again. Um, so I've only gone up a few hundred calories each day. Um, so not like a crazy, crazy refeed. Um, yeah. So, um, so that, that's kind of made me feel good. And tonight I was eating my tea and thought, you know what, I'm full. Um, and I, I didn't, um, I did finish it, but, um, I could have not finished it. Um, so that's obviously a good sign that I've kind of, um, refed well, um, and not stupidly either considering I've not been having like 4,000 calories a day or, you know, anything stupid like a, a cheat day or a cheat weekend, like some people might do. So, um, yeah, so progress has been good. I'm visibly, uh, feeling and looking leaner as well. So, um, yeah, so now I'm feeling good. Good. So, uh, what about yourself? How's your uh, diet life going? Um, what did I say in the last podcast? I think I was probably positioning a upcoming diet break, which is now over as of tonight. Um, so I obviously I think I'll stop saying obviously you moron <sighs> right I'm going to try hard again for as a couple of episodes ago as I did which failed miserably but anyway I'm going to try hard not so obviously so last week I have gone on to a diet break I've dieted I think six weeks lost about 16 17 pounds which is about eight and a bit kilos eight and a quarter i think that's cool yeah yeah and i was getting to a point as i think i explained on one of the last podcasts um where i was starting to my adherence start to slip a little bit i was nibbling things every now and then having you know the bites licks and tastes kind of thing which i kind of was aware of it wasn't an unconscious thing but i was allowing myself to do it because my motivation started to wane a little bit um food focus I guess that that aligns with that as well a little bit or kind of lends into that as well. Um, but food focus has started to go. So basically, I was getting to a point where also I was feeling a bit tired from training, uh, overreaching. Count out my weeks and naturally a diet break seemed to fit quite nicely now at the end of a mesocycle with two four-week blocks and potentially another, well, another deload, but potentially another diet break during that deload if needed at the time. Could diet through, I think, and I probably will unless... Uh, no, sorry, I'll probably take a diet break unless I feel like my progress is slipping. But based on the amount of pounds I want to lose, which is probably another 10, which will take me down to 170, um, I feel like I'll be in a pretty decent lean place at that point. So, um, and that, that gives me, I can do like 10 pounds in what would have been 10 weeks, probably prior to this um, diet break, then yeah, it's basically a pound a week. So that basically gives myself enough time to, to go through, I think. Uh, but yeah, this week's been good. Um, went up to maintenance, uh, predicted maintenance anyway, and I've still lost weight, ironically. So so not a maintenance then? No, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it could be anything really. Um, probably not a maintenance, maybe. But I do think it's, it, it should, in all in all respects or all counts, it should be maintenance in that. It's, yeah, yeah. It's what I would have usually maintained my weight on at around this body weight. My activity is about the same. My training's the same. So... I've got the historic data to kind of say that yes, it should be maintenance. Uh, but yeah, I, I, maybe it's just a bit of water relief in terms of maybe I'd built a bit of water retention from stress over the weeks of dieting, or could just be maybe my knee just ramped up. I don't know. Basically, or it could just be that I'm not in a in a, a maintenance and I am actually in deficit, like you say. But oh well, it's all right. I feel like I've definitely replenished. I feel better. Food focus is gone. I feel like tomorrow I'll just get back into a decent deficit. It'll be slightly lower. So I was on two thousand calories for the first six weeks of dieting i'll probably put it down yeah. again to about 1900 and see what happens give myself a bit more room to to push down a bit further if i have to towards the latter end of this diet but 
Yeah, in total, I'll probably end up lost about £25 again, which is what I did from start to finish last time I dieted at the photo shoot in April, or for April 18 or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So No, good, good. At least you've, you've got that data, though, from previous diets to know what you should look like roughly um, at certain weights, and that's a really good thing to kind of go off, and that was something I did with one of my clients uh, start of the year. We had a bit of a mini cut. We did three weeks, I think, um, just to kind of see what we could get off in three weeks, how easy it was, and then see what he looks like at, at whatever weight it was. And then from there, we know, right, okay, well, when you want to diet later in the year to a slightly leaner weight, we know what we can get off in three weeks. Can we double that? Can we get off in sort of six weeks or somewhere uh, somewhere similar to that? Um, and, you know, will we be comfortable at that? And uh, we also then know that for the look he wants, uh, we know kind of roughly what sort of weight he needs to be. So, um, yeah, so it's uh, it, it's quite handy to, to have that data, isn't it? Definitely. It is. Uh, obviously, you don't get that when you use a more qualitative approach because you're probably not tracking because obviously that would be a more quantitative approach. Um, however, that is one of the benefits of doing that way. And I think that's probably... Depends how serious you're going to take stuff. Like, I suppose I, in my mind, it helps me, but I would probably say that I'm an outlier um, compared to most people in that respect. But Yeah, yeah. Some people need the, the structure um, and they need the detail to... Uh, to, to succeed like they just need that and you know I've, got, I've had quite a few clients over the years who really have to have everything down to you know one gram or whatever and just really kind of be as, as strict on things as possible because that's what keeps them um keeps them going keeps them motivated keeps them on track otherwise they might completely fall off the rails so yeah. um great great segue back into what we're going to talk about today though because obviously I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, I think some people might find it more beneficial to track because it might seem like the harder thing to do. However, for some people, it just actually gives them more headspace and more freedom by just knowing what they need to eat to and just doing that than they would be stressing and worrying about whether they have overeating, undereating, actually eating to hug the signals, all that type of stuff might actually stress them out more than just thinking, I've got 2000 calories to eat, so I'll just track 2000 calories and eat that. And if I feel hungry, so be it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So I suppose to sort of outline what we want to talk about today, it's um, let me get the wording up. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's not it's not about whether you track your food or not, but it was essentially. And I'll just help you out here if you want me. It's essentially yeah, yeah. there is the, the idea that a lot of things in health and well being and fitness, there is a very thin line between what is considered healthy or good and unhealthy or bad. So I thought what. What are you say? No, yeah, yeah, no. I was, I was, I was going to nod, agree, and say yes. There sometimes can be a, a thin and blurred line in between as well. Yes, blurred is a good, good turn of phrase for that as well. Um, I thought we'd be, or it'd do well for us to kind of go through maybe a few examples of what we mean by that, and then just see where the discussion goes. Because we don't really prep much other than just the uh, the premise. Because obviously, it's something that we do see quite frequently, and this will be very multifaceted across different. Um, uh, what's the word different parts areas of, of well-being it isn't just physical it'll be emotional psychological um social and potentially even financial but uh, the, the idea is that we'll just see where this goes and um hopefully give some value to people um resonate with some people maybe and i don't know whether we'll actually have a solution to any of them because a lot of them do or will fall under the psychological part i think and 
as we all know, the psych- psychology of stuff is quite difficult to change unless obviously you're seeking support from a psychologist or someone, which we are not. Speaking of psychology, I think I've, um, I've, I've found the way into a woman's purse. Um, no, euthan- yeah, no euthanism. Uh, like, yeah. Got him. Uh, <laughs> um, so today... I bought Alex a donut from Krispy Kreme and we went shopping. I thought, and, she, I thought uh, she was trying to be healthy in air quotes. I know, I know. Or have, I know. Or have you educated uh, her about calorie balance again? <laughs> well, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we didn't really have much breakfast and uh, she wasn't planning on Well, she didn't really have any lunch, actually. This was pretty much her lunch. Um, so I bought her a donut and uh, she then went and bought me lunch when she didn't eat. She just bought me lunch and she bought a Hoover as well later on in the day. So, a Hoover? Yeah. The Hoover, yeah. Actual <laughs> Hoover or vacuum cleaner? Uh, it's got a suction thing and it sucks up stuff and it goes into a, not a bag, but a, an area. Sorry, I, 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 I was just arguing semantics and being facetious because obviously a Hoover is a brand and not it's a... a brand, yes, yeah, yeah. It's not so she bought me sellotape as well. Ooh, <laughs> um, did, yeah, well, was it really expensive that she cried and she had to wipe her eyes with Kleenex? <laughs> nearly, nearly. Kleenex, uh, um, Kleenex. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, no, uh, yeah, no. so, yeah. Just a little segue there. I thought I'd share. You know, buy buy a lady a donut, and um, she'll buy a lunch. Yeah, she'll she'll buy you lunch and a vacuum cleaner. Well, it's normally you buying a lady lunch and trying to get something else, isn't it? But anywho, well, yeah. Yeah. so so anyway, so let, let's explore this premise of the, this this thin blurry line that we keep talking or we've talked about. So we probably mentioned some of this stuff before, actually, on the podcast. I'm sure talking about rehashing. Because um, this is no doubt come up in other conversations, but I do think it would be Absolutely. useful. Uh, I can't even remember where I got the idea from, if I'm honest, in terms of the content, but probably something I saw or read or something with a client or, or something. I don't know. Wasn't it an Instagram post that you saw and you sent me the. May well have been. May well have been. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, and you sent me the blurb of it and said this would be good to cover. Um, yeah, so I suppose to give like an example, I think, because. Like me listening to your description then, I was a bit like, oh, thinking like kind of as a, as a listener, um, what on earth are you going on about? So I suppose like what we're sort of saying is um, things that, you know, you can be seen as a good attribute to have, but actually it could have a bit of a negative side effect or a bit of a negative consequence. Um, so like one that I sort of came up with was um, somebody can be so obsessed with eating vegetables that they just eat the same or so obsessed with eating certain foods because they're deemed good or clean or whatever. And they eat just those same foods pretty much, you know, like chicken, broccoli, rice for every single meal of the day. And because they're so focused on that, they're actually missing out on a lot of other essential vitamins and minerals. Um, So, you know, if you are literally eating chicken, broccoli and rice for, you know, two, three meals a day, um, where are, you know, you're not getting your B vitamins from, um, uh, from the, from red meats and stuff, you're not getting fish oils from oily fish, um, and then all your, all your other vitamins as well. Yes, broccoli is going to contain one or two vitamins, but what about the whole spectrum? So, um, so everyone's going, oh, you know what? Yeah, eating chicken, broccoli, and rice—that's really good. You know, that's that's a real clean food because that's what it's kind of been given this sort of like clean halo, I suppose. You're so but, healthy. Uh, yeah, it's so so healthy. You must be, you know, so on it. Um, prepping 20 of those every Sunday for the next, you know, five days worth of meals. Um, but at the same time, though, you're just missing so many other vitamins and minerals out and so many other things that have health properties 
that um, you actually could be doing yourself a disservice when you think you're doing good. That's kind of what we're going for. Yeah, and I think on that, as I said before, a lot of this stuff is going to fall within the psychological element of uh, well-being. I imagine that you can see when I keep pausing, I'm really trying to stop myself saying obviously. <laughs> I, I imagine that this, the, this is kind of like the orthorexic approach. I said we might touch on orthorexia, didn't I? Uh, just because mm-hmm. it feels like it, it probably fits into a lot of this premise of this thin line. Because orthorexia, for people that don't know, um, the I don't know, the, I can't, I never know the exact true definition, but it's essentially people that are hyper focused on health, um, for want of a better yeah. word. So basically, they're like. Uh, easier examples because i don't know the i can't remember the exact definition but it's basically people that will like only eat clean foods because they are deemed healthy they will kind of like over exercise because they obviously it's healthy to exercise and basically it's that's kind of extreme methods of health almost where that no longer becomes healthy which is basically the premise of what we're talking about today in reality um but that's that that psychological part of this eating only chicken broccoli and rice for meal after meal after meal is an issue because it will no doubt have detrimental effects to food relationships because of the severe restriction of other stuff. We know that restriction is correlated with higher episodes of things like binge eating disorders in the literature um, and other like type of food relationship issues. So kind of what you might consider a, you know, eating chicken, broccoli and rice is as a healthy endeavor, which a lot of people would say it's a healthy meal, it's a healthy endeavor, can soon become actually quite a detrimental endeavor to your well-being which again is the whole premise of what we want to talk about today and just just bring up some of the examples where people might not even think they're doing or really understand. And I think almost a lot of the examples might be a case of they are healthy endeavours until they cause some form of negative mindset, so negative well-being. So on that, what I mean is like an example could easily be eating healthily, in air quotes, is seen as a positive endeavor for health no no arguments there right but Mm -hmm. what what happens if that you no longer can go out to eat at a restaurant because they don't have any foods that fit your orthoretic mindset yeah and this is something that 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 kind of example can be used for lots of things but it's all kind of is an umbrella by this sort of orthorexia so if yeah if you start turning around and saying Sorry, Mum, I uh, can't go out for Mother's Day because um, they, they haven't got anything on the menu that, that, that fits my diet or fits my lifestyle. Cause or, it's always, or, it's, or it's healthy. Yeah, or it's healthy. Yeah, if Brett invites you out, you're definitely going to be going to a burger joint and there probably isn't going to be a chicken salad on there. Um, Not so... the burger joints I fucking go to, they ain't. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, unless like loaded fries has suddenly become a vegetable overnight and one of you five a day. Cheese uh, got calcium. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so, are you, are you going to be turning it down? Are you going to be going and just having a glass of water, not eating, um, and, and all these things? So, yeah, it can become a massive problem and it can be, you can sort of almost make yourself a bit of a social recluse just by being like this but not knowing it and just kind of going ah oh, you know what i'm just going to go to the gym instead or, or whatever um Could, yeah, just, yeah, just, can, just, yeah just just on that i just want to add so that thing about going and you know either not eating or having a glass of water now in reality that's actually not really i wouldn't say that that is a negative uh, action or a negative uh, thing to do necessarily 
because obviously if it suits your diet so say you do say you say you're in that exact scenario example you gave where brett has invited you out to a burger restaurant and everyone's going and you don't want to miss out so you have to go right However, there isn't anything on the menu that does suit your dietary requirements. Now, whether that's because it's there's nothing healthy, in air quotes, and therefore you can't bring yourself to eat something, or whether it's because maybe you are dieting for a bodybuilding show and you need to have something different and you can't fit that into your dietary regime because it will basically put your progress. You might have to go and only have water, say. Now, that yeah, isn't, yeah, necessa- yeah. That isn't yeah. necessarily immediately a negative outcome. It, I, and I, this is kind of one of the points I want to get to at, at some point, but we'll get to it now, I suppose, and maybe that'll just then ripple through to some of the other examples as well. But that only becomes a negative outcome when mentally it causes you either anxiety or, as I said, like a negative thought process or mindset. Because if you can go there yeah. and feel, sorry, I just add, if you can go there and feel good and feel fine, and actually genuinely it doesn't bother you to sit there and not eat, and you can still be just as, have just as good a time, still be just as social, then maybe it isn't a negative thing like doing that i know we've joked around but yeah 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 and i think this was a kind of a point i wanted to make before you sort of made that point it was you can have like a i I know we said we might not have solutions but if you're say the person who is turning around and saying i can't go out because um they don't have things on the menu so i'm just going to go you know sit at home or i'm going to go to the gym or something instead and then you start coming up with excuses to not see your friends or to not go to birthdays or family gatherings or whatever um these are the sorts of steps that you could take to almost not rehabilitate yourself that's the wrong word but um to to, to feel included and to enjoy um without you know without causing yourself too much anxiety or without putting yourself off you know if you've got a real sort of strict time goal like a bodybuilding show and you're down on you know say you're a female and you're down on like 800 calories you can't be going out and having loaded fries with brett um but yes you could go and have a diet coke um and if you like you say if you can sit there and you can kind of enjoy yourself and and just let everybody know as well you don't have to go there and you know feel like you're the, the odd one out um just let everyone know right this is my situation i'm still coming though they're going to be so much more grateful for that and they're not going to harass you about what you're eating um then if you didn't go and everyone's going to probably like say things behind your back um yeah but so, uh, yeah so it could be a great stepping stone um and a great kind of compromise yeah. conversely though so leading that example further then they have, you know you've developed it what i would say is that is a you know an acceptable and possibly a perfectly or a perfect solution but what i don't want people to now do is feel like that they can then or, or what some people might do sorry some people might go and justify their behavior then as in oh well you know i'm still going um and i'm you know that's what i just need to do but if they're still sitting there with really negative mindsets about it maybe they're you know like depressed about the situation not not medically depressed you know what i mean they're unhappy about being there and they just generally feel this is crap um then you know you don't want to justify it by thinking you know i'm trying to make steps here by going and doing something but actually this is still making me feel crap and therefore like that healthy endeavor is still i in my opinion considered a a, a negative outcome mm-hmm. yeah it becomes unhealthy then because it's yeah it, it's not helping you mentally so yeah it's a, it's, yeah. A, it's a bit like right so another example so moving on to a different example might be the whole fitbit thing sometimes you get now fitbits are built for increasing activity which again people would say is, is obviously a healthy outcome or a healthy endeavor but i have seen time and time again with people and i've done it myself i'm not going to lie that people will literally stress 
about hitting certain targets to a point where the stress outweighs the benefits of what they're going to get from being more physically active. And like an easy example, when Fitbit first came out, and I had one, I remember there was like competitions used to do where you'd be like, you know, in a in a group of five with, you know, like four of your mates, and there'd be a competition who had the most steps at the end of each day or end of each week or whatever. And I remember examples in my group, like so the literal examples in the group that I saw where people were going out running at 11 o'clock at night because all of a sudden... So the way Fitbit worked, so I'll just go back a bit for a bit of context. The way Fitbit worked is it would obviously only, obviously, it would only include your steps. Um, I should have a fucking pound fine jar, shouldn't I? Every time I say obviously, I've got to stick a quid in it. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) And go for the beer fund on holiday. Oh, no, it's all inclusive. Um, So the way Fitbit worked was the steps only showed in the competition and only thing when you synced it. Makes sense. So what would happen is people would look like they did 2,000 steps all day and then all of a sudden they would sync their Fitbit at 10 o'clock at night and it would suddenly go to like 10,000. And someone then who yeah. was then no longer winning the competition would panic and go, holy fucking shit, I've got to go out and do more steps. So they would get their shoes on and go outside and go running for another next half an hour. And then what that would do is that would then do a little cascade of, and a cycle of the same thing for the next person. And it just become this weird competition of, of the people or pe- weird thing people trying to win this competition where the reality of the gamification of people being active seems like a really good positive thing by encouraging people to be active that's great when people are then stressing and worrying about not fucking hitting their step count or losing this competition and obviously i see that quite often with people yeah i think the big one you see is when i mean sometimes it can be justified but sometimes it is just a bit of you know chill out um when you see people pacing up and down at home to get a hundred steps so they hit their target. Um and I, I remember I've, I've done that. I still do yeah, that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But that's my, yeah, my I honestly, mean, a, I, what I was gonna say was like if you're I've done it actually yeah walked on the spot in my bedroom for five minutes just to get like fifty steps. Um so I like I suppose there's a couple of different examples here. So you can have your target, especially when you're dieting and, and all that, and you've got your target for whatever it is, 8,000 steps a day, 10,000 steps a day, and you've only done, it gets to 9 o'clock at night, and you've only done 6,000 steps, and you know full well that you're going to struggle to make it up because you're working from home the next couple of days or whatever, and you're really busy. So going out for a walk at that time of night for half an hour may actually bring some benefit, and probably will, and you might feel better for it because you're not slobbed out in front of the TV all night. So in that instance, yes, that's a good thing to do if you're so far behind target, if you're not stressing yourself out by doing it and you can you know, turn it into a positive. But if you have 100 steps left off your target and you start pacing up and down in the house to get those 100 steps, that's probably when you're taking it a bit too far because what's 100 steps? Like what, five calories, 10 calories um, that you're burning? Like, does it, is it really going to make that much difference? Just get up and move around for five extra minutes tomorrow and uh, make up for it that way yeah. so, no, th- this, that. no absolutely that's, this is the thing is like I would again probably just counter that and create some debate about it I would say none of those things matter like even the whole jogging on the spot for all you know getting the next hundred steps or how many steps you might need just to get I wouldn't I'd say like fundamentally the reason people are doing it is because of energy balance because they're trying to burn calories now that isn't necessarily a bad thing if people are trying to you know, get into energy balance in terms of either a deficit or maintain balance or whatever. But because you obviously are just burning calories, but if it then becomes a point where you're genuinely stressing about it and like you, like now you'd be like, Oh, I've got this podcast for nine. 
<sighs> my target's 4,000 steps away and I need to go to bed at half nine. What am I going to do? If that gets to the point where you're mm. like genuinely worried, starting getting stressed, getting anxiety and worried about it, that kind of healthy endeavor of doing stuff again has got to a point where it's no longer healthy because you've created this paradox of a healthy thing is what's causing you actually unhealthy um, experiences, i.e. psychologically and not necessarily physically. I mean, the, the, ex- yeah, yeah. the example you gave about the food as well is like clean eating, not being able to have a an, an option at a restaurant out, say, because there's nothing in air quotes clean on the menu. That um, all of a sudden, the not going out, sitting at home like a recluse is an unhealthy habit, but the choosing a junk meal, which is an option, could actually be the thing that makes it a healthy habit because all of a sudden you feel freer, you're socialising, you've kind of got all the well-being and positive aspects of being around people and all that type of stuff. This is kind of like this weird paradox of where sometimes these these things that we think are either good for us or bad for us are actually the opposite. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah. Cardio is another one. Cardio is a funny one where... I I the, the I suppose I I, I kind of gone over a little bit like the Fitbit example, but it might be slightly different. It's something that I've done before. I've seen in people that I've either worked with or just people really that I've that I know of of kind of like count calories or whatever. But this kind of idea that earning food. Um, do you remember we had? I think I'm sure. I think it was you and and uh, this gang. We had a conversation within. Um, uh, about some other people within him and you that were kind of justifying or basically almost saying that earning food is okay in certain scenarios in terms of um it doing... was a fellow i remember the situation it was a fellow nutritionist who did extra exercise and movement to earn treats yeah yeah and used it with clients basically uh, yeah. yeah i think the word treats. yeah yeah so obviously yeah. we don't want to name yeah. shame people but I guess we were quite open in having a very different opinion on it and that we didn't feel there was really any scenarios where clients should be allowed to earn treats. Because mm-hmm. that yeah. was a scenario, wasn't yeah. it? Just purely because that that fundamentally, without any context or emotion or kind of like psychology around it, again, seems like a very normal, like obvious thing to do. If you want to eat 200 calories of Mars bar, then you should be burning 200 calories in exercise. That seems fundamentally like an okay principle, doesn't it? I'm sure it was a Slimming World, not Slimming World, Weight Watchers thing several years ago, um, probably pre us getting into this. Um, I'm sure it was a Weight Watchers thing where they were saying, like, a slice of cake is this many minutes walking. Um, and it was a bit arbitrary, but it was. And then I remember people seeing on Facebook people saying, I've walked around the block five times so I can have X. And, well, I, and you're I... just a bit like, Okay. Yeah, I I do know. I don't know about anything like directly specifics in terms of earning a piece of cake, but in Weight Watchers or Slim World. But I do remember like you got more points if you exercised. Now, whether it was kind of like yeah. if you do exercise, you get five points, and it's just kind of five or nothing. It's, there isn't like a a direct attributed amount of points depending on what you do. But the principle's the same anyway. It doesn't really matter. Um, but and this is the same about what we about earning those treats. As just going back to that point around arbitrarily it is a normal thing to do and makes logical sense based on energy balance because so, if you burn mm-hmm. 200 calories you can eat 200 calories and not lose any weight it's like you know that's fundamentally correct but the knock-on effect in terms of the beha- behavior and habits and the um, psychology that you potentially could be drilling or creating in people might not necessarily be a positive thing 
Like if if you're basically saying right, that food's bad, and you've got to work very hard to kind of burn those calories to be able to justify having a in air quotes treat, especially that term as well. It does create negative thoughts, mindsets, and a and a poor food relationship with those types of things. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and then if you only see food and and those kind of things, the higher calorie foods or quote unquote junk foods, if you only see them as you know, 20 minutes of exercise, 30 minutes of exercise, and you can't have that until, or if you then start stressing because uh, Brenda's brought in cake to the office and you're thinking, well, I've got to go for a run tonight to burn this off. And then you kind of, that's when you can, just as a solution, if you are that kind of person, uh, you could start to look at the, uh, if it fits your macros approach and say, right, okay, well, you know, I've got 1,500 calories to eat today. That cake was 300 calories. Um, you know that's like half of one of my meals um, so I'll just have to pack that meal with more veggies and I'll take out the carbs um, and then that kind of works around a little bit then so it's just trying to find ways of fitting those sorts of things in or finding a compromise of you know if it's something that you really want or kind of feel pressure to have um, can you just have half or can you just have a small amount you know you don't have to have half a piece of cake um, you could have you know small just a small bite or yeah uh, yeah i think the, the the first stage is recognize that this is the bit what i mean about all the statement i made around not having a solution because i don't think you have a solution for a lot of this stuff but i do think <coughs> excuse me corona um i do think <laughs> that one of the, the first things is just recognizing it like anything really just admitting it like because once you do that you can then start to it might not stop you doing, it. yeah. You might, it might not actually stop you practicing those unhealthy and air quote behaviours. But I think if you recognise it, it's definitely a place to start. And then you know, over time, eventually, you might kind of change stuff and work things. But if you don't recognise it, or don't even know you're doing it, or even kind of like ignorantly, and I, I don't mean that in a negative way necessarily, or an offensive way, I should say. But if you're ignorantly justifying it to yourself, like it's okay for me to go out running because I, you know it's good for me. Um, yeah, it's just not a great place to be. Like, no one wants to live their life constantly upset or worried about, you know, I need to run to earn food or I can't go out to eat because I don't have anything on the menu um, or I'm stressing about hitting my step count or all of those examples that we, we've given, which on the face of it might seem like healthy things, but in reality, they're not overly healthy, in air quotes. Yeah, and I think it kind of... Because uh, I know we've... Um, I know we've kind of said before now you could use exercise to give yourself a bigger calorie buffer and i think if it's a bit of a once in a blue moon you know you're going out to an all-you-can-eat buffet you know it's going to be hard to control what you're eating and guess the calories and things and if you say right okay i'm just going to go out for an hour's walk at lunch just to try and create a bit more of a deficit that could be kind of seen as a slightly healthy thing to do um so long as there's like real justification for it it's a bit of a one-off it's not all the time for everything and yeah you're just using it as a as a tool in the toolbox and not so much a um you know you're doing it because you feel as though you have to yeah 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 i think we've probably got there mate i think i think there's not Uh, i think like we said unless you've got more to add i I didn't think it was going to be a episode of oh we've got loads of value and solutions but i did think it was a useful conversation for people to hear and just maybe do a bit of self-reflection you know just think am i Mm. doing these some of these things or are there other things that kind of feel like they align with that 
Because um, as I say, most of this stuff is generally going to come down to whether they actually cause you any negative emotions about it and not necessarily the physical act of what you're doing because most of these things can actually be positive if in the right context or that, you know, have the right psych- psychology aligned with it, um, which is the whole point of the, the actual whole topic, obviously. Obviously. Obviously, obviously. Uh, yeah. No, I think uh, I think the only other one that I kind of had in mind was um, skipping occasions for for exercise. So, like, I'm not talking about you know you've got training, so you can't go to the pub with your mates because you're going training like for football or whatever. Um, I'm talking more, you know, oh, it's Friday, I'm going to do chest, um, so I can't, you know, go to my grandmother's birthday because um, you've got to go to the gym. Or well, have you got to go to the gym? Is it life and death? Even if you are working towards something like a bodybuilding show. If you skip that one session or delay it to the next day, is it really going to make that much of an issue? And I think just having a bit of a word with yourself sometimes can uh, can be quite beneficial in those sorts of circumstances. Yeah. Cool. All right. Have you got anything else? No, I think, uh, yeah. Anything you want to shout about, promote? Uh, so we are at, so we are Monday the 16th. Uh, this is going out. So, uh, we are at the end of this week launching a uh, free two-week challenge. Um, so it's mainly focused on weight loss, uh, but it's open to absolutely anybody. It's a group-based thing. It's um, We've helped literally hundreds of people with these. Uh, we normally do them a bit longer. We normally do them at four weeks, but we're going to trial a two-week one, uh, see how that goes. So normally we get a little bit of weight loss in it. Um, it kind of gets your juices flowing and uh, your motivation going for, uh, for 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 a bit of a diet. So if you need a bit of a mini cut, and it's a great way of um, taking a couple of weeks and finding a nice deficit and losing a little bit of weight. If you're wanting to get started with a diet and you just don't know where to start or you don't know how to implement things, then this is a great place for you. Uh, males, females, all ages. Um, yeah, you just have to have basically access to Facebook. Um, get yourself over to our No Nonsense Nutrition Facebook group or like our page, um, and you will see the the links go out Thursday, Friday, uh, probably Thursday night. Um, yeah, for for signing up, and then we'll start the following Monday. So Monday the uh, what Monday is that? So. On my calendar load, uh, 23rd. So we'll start Monday the 23rd for two weeks. So yeah, um, could be a great thing to do, especially if you're self-isolating. You know, you need something to do. Um, yeah, yeah. And obviously, your gym's going to be closed anyway. So focused on nutrition is probably going to be your best bet if you don't want to pile on the pounds. Exactly, exactly. Especially if you're housebound. So yeah, um, but yeah, we've literally helped hundreds of people with these. But this is, we, uh, I remember one of the first ones I ever ran. We always joke about Mel listening and stuff, but she was on one of the first ones I ever ran. Um, she, I can't remember what her weight loss was off the top of my head, but um, you know, this helped to kind of align a lot of things. It's over thirty led... kilos. I know that it's about thirty. Yeah, kilos, I think, yeah. thirty-five kilos, something like that. She'll she'll, she'll and... message us and correct us within <laughs> yeah, like, exactly, two minutes. Yeah. The podcast being released uh, tomorrow. But she had done a, a year or so of dieting before this, had lost bits, um, and then kind of after this, which really sort of um, sort of helped her out there. Uh, that then led her on for another sort of twelve months of dieting till she hit her target weight, and she literally looks half the age and half the size. Um, she, it's she's, amazing. She's it's maintained, and she's it. kept it. Off. Yeah, she's maintained she's for the last couple of years. So she yeah, is. A, she is. And sorry, we're speaking over each other. But I was going to say she is an absolute anomaly. Yeah, and an inspiration to many many people. I will. 100% post her little thing, her transformation in the 
the group tomorrow uh, because it just shows what you can do with a little bit of knowledge, education, and then just a little bit of follow-up from yourself. And, yeah, keeping it off as well, which is amazing. So uh, over several years as well, which is, yeah, hats off, hats off. Fantastic. Right, on that fabulous plug, uh, I'm going to say um, Alfie the same pet. Pet? You've been working in Newcastle? No. Okay. Cool. See you later. I've, I've, actually, while you're on that, I'm actually working in Cardiff. Um, yeah, so I got really confused because you called me Pat, but you've been working in Wales. No, but uh, I, I have now got cold, so I wonder whether I've contracted the virus. I, you probably have. I've had a, a, I had a runny nose at tea, but that was because I made it too spicy. <laughs> well, annoyingly, I had a cold a week and a half ago for about four days, and then it went, and now I've got a cold again. So. Which is shit. Sounds about right. Well, so yeah, yeah, so I could have contracted it. Um, ironically, right? Um, I was in uh, what was it called? St. Melons Hotel, I think, in just outside of Cardiff. Um, which was um, really shit hotel. Really. Um, I know we were supposed to be on the podcast, but I've moved <laughs> on. Give it, a good plug. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it it wasn't great. Um, in all honesty, uh, in fact. Now, the reason for I was bringing this up is because um, Kyle, uh, I don't know if he even listens really, but he has done M&U um, and is uh, a, a good guy. Uh, I've spent a bit too much time drinking with him on a, on a night out after a conference. Um, so much that he's very, very Welsh and being very, very drunk was very very difficult to understand <laughs> but, um, yeah, i lived in wales for three years i know that yeah well he he texts me and says what are you doing in that hotel i work in in the gym in that hotel else when i'm not doing my uni class so like thursday friday saturday night Sunday. he said are you there tomorrow because i'll be working tomorrow and i was like no he said uh what um what are you doing in that hotel anyway because it is like Folly towers and i was like you couldn't describe it any better it's probably exactly like that so um shout out to, to kyle really for um how random is that though that's funny. Yeah. That is so funny. Do you want to know a funny story? Yeah, do you want to know a funny story as well? Cool. I um f- drove at night. To- I got there when it was nearly dark, so it was dusk, and I drove into what I thought was the hotel car park on- in some barriers. And I thought, oh, there's not many cars around. There's only a couple of cars. And um, sort of parked up and looked, and I realised, oh, shit, I've just driven into the actual golf club. It was St. Mellon's Golf Club and not St. Mellon's Hotel, which were on the same bit of land. <laughs> but yeah. they are separate businesses. And there's no one around, and there's a keypad for the barrier to get out. And I was like, how am I supposed to get out? Don't know the keypad, no one to ask. I'm literally just going to be stuck in this fucking car park. <laughs> <laughs> I take it you got out. Lucky enough, there was a, yeah, there was um, a uh, a business that was on the same, like, courtyard that had his sign on the front with a mobile number on. I rang him twice, and eventually the second time he answered, he said, where'd you get my number from? I was like, you've got a sign here with your number. He's like, right. And I said, I need you to help me out. I need the code for the barrier because I'm stuck. So And I can't get out. And I've asked the hotel, and they've got no idea because they're like, we've got nothing to do with the golf club. So otherwise, I'm just going to be stuck here until someone turns up in the morning, which is not fun. Well, I wouldn't have really mattered because I could have just taken my shit out of the car and walked to the hotel and just left the car there. Um, however, I did want to go into Cardiff and get some food that night, which I did. So, funny enough, I went to yeah, a okay. burger place, yeah. the grazing shed. Yes, I saw the photos. Yes, good. yes, yes. It was all right. Does it make the top five? No. Burger was good. Um, the burger was good. The fries, so I had, obviously you made reference to dirty fries. I had some dirty fries, but they were just too filthy. They were literally dripping in melted cheese, 
sour mm. cream and or chipotle yeah uh, sorry jalapeno sour cream which actually is a revelation jalapeno sour cream fucking brilliant Fair like jalapenos like blended through it and then some sort of chipotle smoky mayo as well but it was just and the, the chips weren't overly cooked which meant under all that stuff just went quite soggy and not, yeah, not. yeah so they were a bit they, i mean they were edible and still nice but they were far from perfect i'll tell you what was great though the cherry bakewell coca-cola all right, okay. On on tap on stream as well. Yeah, all you can drink. Was that was that Coke or was it Pepsi? I don't know. It was, it? Like, it was like it was almost unbranded. That just said cherry bread. It was like oh, their yeah. own brand or something. Like they mixed themselves, yeah. but it didn't didn't say Coca Cola or Pepsi. It was just cherry Bakewell Coca Cola or something. I was like, still, yeah, yeah. or maybe not Coca Cola, but cherry Bakewell Cola. And I was like, wow, this is actually really really good. So I had a fair amount of that. Anyway, this yeah. podcast has now gone on an extra four minutes. And we're meant to just about a little story about my life. Oh, no, it's, it's good, it's good. It's, yes. good. it's funny to know when people can giggle and all that. Yes. Right, on that note, bonjour, au revoir, auf Wiedersehen. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.